I think you're making a mistake. I think you really want to talk to me. Sorry, I have three other interviews to do before this party's over. Yeah, but they're not working on something that'll change the world as we know it. They say they are. Yeah, but they're lying. There is a limit, even to the imagination. Human teleportation, molecular decimation, breakdown, and reformation is inherently purging. Where our greatest creations meet our deepest fears. Something went wrong, Seth. When you went through, something went wrong. You are about to go beyond that limit. weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I had them analyzed. But they were definitely not human. If you saw how scared and angry and desperate he is... I'm sure Typhoid Mary was a very nice person, too, when you saw her socially. No! You're afraid to be destroyed and recreated, aren't you? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. Oh, no. What's happening to me? Am I dying? I want to know what's going on. What does the disease want? Wants to turn me into something else. Oh no. A fly got into the transmitter pod with me that first time when I was alone. Don't go back to it. Could be contagious. Uh, I'm afraid! Don't be afraid! No. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Welcome to another edition of the Night's Party Podcast, where we leave it all on the cutting room floor. I'm, of course, your illustrious host, Zach Evergreen, and you could find me, and right now, I'm basically only lurking on the Instagram, at Zach Evergreen. It's spelled with a Z-A-C-H, and ever and green, meaning always relevant, ever meaning forever, and green meaning the cutler. But but if you combine that word, it means like a story today is as good as it will be 20 years from now, just like this movie. Um, You could also find me at my email if you want to message me with comments, complaints, critiques, compliments, and suggestions. And that is at knifepartypod at yahoo.com. But most importantly is on the Patreon, patreon.com slash knifepartypod. And that's really important because... Eli over there actually did something for once. He enabled our ads, and they will be coming soon. Um, But I don't know how soon because Eli is bad at his job. Um, I want to shout out, too, by the way, uh, to the UK. Thank you for listening. I have a special coming for you. It has to do with the werewolf. More on that later. Okay. Um, So, yeah, you get, you know, for $1 a month, you get ad-free content, and if you're having Apple and seeing how I have a thousand-year war with Apple, Scientology, and YouTube, that's the best way to reach me. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about a very good movie. Um, if you guys know My Holy Trinity, which is Robocop, Terminator, and Predator in no particular order, this would fall at number five, uh, just under Starship Troopers at number four. This is a great movie, super personal to me. For many reasons, which I'll get into. Now, uh, 
Um, making of, it's really hard to do making up episodes right now because either there's not enough content or there's so much content, it has to be its own episode. So for right now, because I have so many suggestions, I have over a dozen movies ready, not ready to record, but on my lap. Uh, I I can't really, um, no, I still research the movie. Believe me, I still research everything. Each episode, I'm going to let you know, takes at least six hours, and that's minimum. Um, I, I spend a lot more time on this now, and I feel that I'm doing you a disservice, or maybe one could say padding my numbers on doing this. So this one's definitely going to be long form. If you don't like long form, excuse me, I had a bubble in my throat. <clears throat> if you don't like long form podcasts, uh well, Rogan's successful, so, and basically, I'm kind of throwing daggers right now at Jeff Ugly Shoes, who see, says I should keep my podcast to about 45 minutes, but I have 13 pages of notes on this movie, because I didn't want to do it a disservice, and I didn't want to do a making of, which I kind of had a little bit of stuff on, because this movie has more deleted scene information than it really does a making of, um, and of course, I'm talking about 1986's The Fly. So to be fair to the movie, let's get into the credits, shall we? Here we go. Well, to be fair. Oh, don't say to be fair. Hate when people say to be fair. Oh, to be fair. 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 So uh, this movie is actually um, was written as a short story by some British dude. No one cares. Um, and it was published in a Playboy magazine. I think this was in 56. The Vin- Yeah, it was in 56. The Vincent Price movie that followed based off the same short story came out in 58. It actually followed the plot line almost to the T um, about a scientist who wants to make a teleporter and... Um, a fly actually, a house fly, go, whoa, whoa, was a little loud, sorry about that. A house fly actually comes in uh, to the pod and they merge together. However, in that movie, it's an immediate metamorphosis where, or transformation, if you will, a fusion maybe would be the correct word. Whereas in this one, uh, it is a long form metamorphosis and that's what makes this movie so compelling and that's what makes the other movie not too good if you recognize this music it's the same composer of uh who who did um aliens and total recall and all those other great movies his name is not in front of me i really apologize that i didn't write it down but i know you could recognize it right away um so yeah um it was originally published in playboy as i said and uh it is the last thing you want to be reading about when you have a boner, <laughs> which I thought it was really funny that they put it in there. But then again, um, Hef was a weird guy. Remember when he was like a cocaine dealer and like a bisexual? Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's kind of funny. Because you never saw dudes in Playboy, but anyway. He liked the cock for a minute. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, believe it or not, this was produced by Mel Brooks. Of, you know, Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and all that other stuff. But he didn't want his name on it because he didn't want it to be associated with comedy. 
because he realized this is a, uh, well, people would call this a sci-fi movie or, you know, at the time. Horror really doesn't describe it at the time because no, there was no like really death count. Only one person dies in this movie. There is a new subgenre of movie that this is actually considered, which is called body horror. Um, it's very close to what they call torture porn, except for there's no one doing it. Um, the only other movie that holds up with this kind of transformation sequences and oh man, I don't want to say Adiella. What is a good word for it? Just a good simile to this movie would be American Werewolf in London. It's it's I wouldn't consider this a quote unquote werewolf movie, but I mean it is about a horf, horrifying transformation that cannot be stopped and we just like American Wolf in London you see it going through the eyes of of the person living it and in that you are living it so that's uh that's what makes this movie so terrifying to me and also as I said very close to home we'll get into that later uh J- John Lithgow actually turned this down he was originally going to play Seth um, he thought the script was disgusting and, in his words, repulsive. Well, Mr. Lithgow, you kind of fucking fucked up that shit, didn't you? John Lithgow is a great actor, but let's put it this way. His his shit in Dexter um, and his shit and even though... He, Oh my god, when he puts him in that triangle hold like in the bathtub, that's actually what made me stop watching Dexter. And I'm glad I did because I heard it got like just like worse and worse and worse as the show went on, but we're not talking about Dexter. Um Cliffhanger is his masterpiece in my in in my opinion. Uh Cliffhanger's a great movie. And he really does shine in that. He's an evil bastard. But if you really want to ruin your career, Mr. Lifkow, look at Third Rock from the Sun. I know that was a steady paycheck, uh, but where's that show now? I guarantee you don't have residuals because I don't see that shit on anything streaming. Someone's probably yelling at their car stereo or headphones right now going, Oh, it's on this, and I listen to it all or watch it all the time. Well, guess what? It doesn't have the lasting effect of, say, like a Seinfeld. And when people even mention friends, I give them a look like we cannot be friends because you like a show that's written at a second grade level and all it is is uh, homophobic and um, uh, Peter Panish at best. So, anyway. Yeah, John Lithgow turned it down and Jeff Goldblum was picked up. Speaking of Goldblum, he was in a shoot relationship with Gina Davis, and um, again, probably why this movie reminds me of me, he was a very jealous person, and uh, he, I'm not going to say wasn't a fan of the triangle, love triangle storyline, but because the acting in this got really intense, you got to remember, people, this movie is only filmed, and I'm not lying, if you count all the scenes that this is filmed in, it's, there's only a handful Here's what I'm saying. There's a bar scene that's about five minutes tops. There's the opening scene at the bar talk uh, party, which is maybe two minutes. There's a couple exterior shots, but very rare. There is um, there is Stathis office uh, that who who Gina Davis's boss, 
and uh, then there's the main laboratory where almost all the movie. Oh yeah, and then there's a quick scene at a fast food restaurant. There's only three actors almost in this whole movie. There is, of course, other actors, but they are short and sweet. I mean, there's a girl in the movie at some point that Seth picks up from a bar, but she's only in, I think, five scenes, and that's it. And so, yeah, uh, the whole movie revolves around three actors, if you will. Oh, yeah, too. I forgot. There's the hospital clinic uh, and and that's that's only a couple minutes too. The great thing about this movie is kind of like Suicide Kings, or um, or it's you just have your players, and they are in one. Oh yeah, I forgot her apartment. That doesn't really count. So the home eighty uh, percent of the movie takes place in in uh, uh, Seth's loft slash laboratory, and ninety percent of the movie only involves three actors. That's it. Mainly two, but three in a way. Uh, so the great thing about this movie is it's storytelling. It is very, very hard. And I pre-mentioned Suicide Kings because that's the first thing that came to mind. It's very hard to have a movie with only a handful of actors and only a handful of sets. That means that you got to be good. The story has to be good, right? A lot of people love the movie Castaway because they're like, oh, Tom Hanks is the best actor ever because he acted alone. Well, the set was great. There wasn't a story to it. This movie has a story. The set is great, by the way, and it's just a phenomenal movie all the way around. Uh, okay, so yeah, uh, Jeff Goldblum actually had to be removed from the set because of his jealousy of the love triangle uh, story arc. He actually got very emotional during during some of the things, which is funny because um, John Gett's character really doesn't get handsy or anything with uh, Gina Davis. But there is scenes where I guess there's some he's basically kind of like pining and stalking her not in a way. But I guess he Jeff's very thespian and took it very seriously. And this is also when he was very young. And I know how that is. I'm that way now. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. The pods. The telepods, if you will, in this movie. Um, they are based off of James Cronenberg, our director. Uh, his motorcycle engine. You know how motorcycles have those kind of like dual engines and they have all those little metal ring slits, if you will? Yeah, well, the pods were based off that. He thought they looked very insect-like. Like, uh, they look like eggs or something there of which is kind of cool uh believe it or not those pods actually look very much like concrete eggs that the romans used to use to make wine there's your fun fact mm. hmm. so um let's talk about the main star in this movie and that's uh christopher Walls, w-a-l-a-s he was the makeup effects artist of this movie and Wow. Without the effects in this movie, this movie would still be good, but it wouldn't be, what, what is it? Freaking 93% on Rotten Tomatoes good. Um, the Evergreen Meter, this gives a 98. Because there's only two things, I 2% of this movie that I do not agree with is that um, 
the actual physics of this movie doesn't it makes sense but it's actually not Akron's razor would say that it wouldn't happen because if the DNA strand of of if you would like to eat the poppers and the taco you can have the poppers and the taco okay but you better enjoy it sorry Eli is stealing my food once again the son of a bitch so anyway, uh, where the hell was I? Oh yeah, so uh, some of the semantics of the physics of this movie, I don't believe it would actually happen via the amount of DNA that Brundle has versus the amount of DNA that the common housefly would have. Um, I think that it would more be absorbed and not change him 100%. Uh, but, it, but, but looking past that, I think this movie is is near perfect. Um, also, too, the other reason why I knock it 1% is because the deleted scenes are so fucking good, and I'm really upset that they got deleted. But I know why this movie would have been pandered, because the test audience and a lot of other people did not like the deleted scenes. Apparently, and I'm with them, too, by the way, do not like the violence of cats. In this movie, it makes sense, though, because you don't see him actually. I mean, he kind of. I'll get into it later. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, let's see. What else do I got? No, that's it. So we got Goldblum, Davis, and Je and Getz. Those are our main players and directed by Cronenberg, of course. A lot of people say this is his best movie. I, I agree with that. Um and the only movie I think that rivals the effects of this, thank you, Mr. Christopher Walsh, is uh, The Thing and Predator. Every other movie takes a huge backseat to this. This, like I said, this do not eat while watching this movie. Don't. You won't have a good time. Okay, maybe eat during the beginning, during the cheeseburger scene, but once the baboon goes in, not yeah, put down the burger. Like I said, I have a lot of pages of notes on this, so I hope you guys are buckled up. We're already 18 minutes and 35 seconds in, and this is going to be a minute. So the fly. So we start off at the party. Just boom. There you go. Uh, Seth Brundle is being interviewed. By the way, uh, their names are not mentioned till way later. I actually had to underline um, spots where Jeannie Davis's character was and her boss was. Uh, Stethis because they don't say their names till way longer. They're, they, the great thing about this movie is they're developing a relationship and you're actually witnessing the relationships develop. And I think that's really cool. Now, they were trying to do this with The Thing, but again, The Thing had so many characters, this movie only has three. God damn, I could not kiss this movie's ass enough where... There's only three characters and basically one, one uh, shooting scene, uh, one um, location. All right, I, I digress. I apologize. So uh, Seth Brundle, she, he's being kind of like interviewed, if you will, or at least questioned by this reporter named Veronica. And they're at this science expo from a company called Bartok Industries. 
And uh, they only name, mention them twice, and that's not really important, but it is if you see the sequel. And actually, the sequel to this movie does not suck. I will cover it eventually, but The Fly 2 got pandered. It got 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. I actually like it. I, I give it a solid 86%. But we're not reviewing that movie today. So, uh, yeah. And he he convinces her to see what he's working on. And and if you, you just heard the trailer... Mm, sorry, I got a hair stuck in my mouth. Um, I love how I break the fucking kayfabe on, on this show all the time about Eli stealing my food, trying to do a scary intro for American Psycho and dropping shit, and or having a hair in my mouth. So, um, Gina Davis's character, who yet has a name, but her name is Veronica, is like, yeah, well, you know, Everyone here is gonna saying they're gonna change the world, their invention, and he's like, "Yeah, well, they're lying. I actually am." And he convinces her to, uh, you know, go see his lab. He goes, "I'll show it to you." So they're in a car ride, and she's like, "You're not a very accomplished drunk," because he's, you know, got his head in his hands, and he goes, "No, it's motion sickness. I actually once threw up on my tricycle while riding it uh, to to school or whatnot." Um, and uh, they and he goes, you know, it doesn't. She goes, should I drive slower? And he goes, no, no, it's it's cool. It's just over here to the right. And they pull up to this uh, this spot, and it looks almost exactly like one of those parking garages that you saw at the end of RoboCop. I know I mentioned RoboCop all the time. I will review it. I swear. I'm just waiting for the right moment. Um, it's one of those things where I, I want to review it when I want to watch it. And yeah, I could watch it every day if I wanted, but I want to be passionate about it. It's kind of like. As the Mormons say, I'm soaking it. <laughs> oh, man. So they go to his uh, storage, and it's it's like a storage loft, but he converted it into a laboratory. It's it's really, really scary looking. And and then, I mean, not scary, like sketchy looking. I mean, it looks like, you know, just like an old burnt out factory room or something. It's, anyway... So he opens up this this giant master lock and and opens up this loft sliding door that looks basically to be bulletproof, and uh, you know he sits down, he being Seth immediately. I actually I could say he and she in this movie, seeing how there's only basically one he and one she. He sits down, and he starts uh, playing the piano, and he's like, "So what do you think?" You know, blah blah blah, and uh, she kind of gets weird vibes like, "Oh, you're just trying to." you know yeah i get it dude no i'm 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 out i'm good and he goes no you can't leave you've already seen them i'll have to kill you if you leave and then uh uh she goes seeing what and then it we show our telepods um which is in a way its own character from the movie and he starts playing dark and ominous tones <laughs> but uh you know uh before he was playing like mirth and levity on on the piano right so, um, after that, you know, she goes, well, you know, what are they? You know, modern design phone booths. And he goes, huh, do you have anything, um, personal, anything you uniquely you like jewelry or uh, an article of clothing? And then, uh, she kind of nods her head a little bit and, um, she removes her stocking. You don't know by now. That's my thing. Very hot. Thank you, Gina Davis, for that one stocking scene, which I find hotter than almost the fast time at Ridgemont 
high scene of the girl getting actually it is hotter than that so um he holds it and you think he's going to smell it because he probably wants to and he goes nice nice feels nice and he puts it in one of the telepods and he walks over to the computer and he types in a bunch of stuff you know and then he goes And he whispers into this uh, computer, and then you see the door of one telepod lock, and then you see, you know, it spin around. And she goes, great, you just invented the giant designer microwave. And he goes, no, 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 look over there. And then we see the door open to the next telepod. Now, there's three one of them was a prototype, and it does not have the glass window. Just heads up on that, because I just noticed it for the first time re-watching this movie. I haven't watched this movie in probably about four, maybe five years, which is a travesty to this movie. So, yeah, it uh, the, the, the telepod works. It transports her stocking from one to the other. She's like, is this a trick? Da, da, da. And he goes, no, look, look. It's uniquely, it's your stocking. So she's in totally disbelief when it works. And then she takes out a, a recorder, like one of those little tape recorders that, that um, reporters used to use. And uh, she starts secretly recording him. She, you know, press record and puts it in her pocket. And um, he explains how... She's like, you're a genius, this and that, and this and that. And he goes, no, actually, I'm not. I'm just basically a manager. I, I uh, you know, I get a molecular amplifier here, a laser here, and da da da. And I just kind of put it together. I outsource all of my parts. I don't create these parts in this lab. I just put them together and kind of know how they work. And uh, Bartok Industries, I'm, I work very, very cheap. They're going to own what I make anyway. So, uh, yeah, uh, they, they leave me alone, and there you go. That's why I'm able to work on this in secret. And then she's like, oh, and, see, and then he's like, well, and then you hear a beep because her tape needs to be changed over or battery or whatever. So she pulls out the recorder, and he goes, whoa, 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 stop the bike, stop the bike. Are you recording me? And she says, yeah, don't you want me to get the quotes right? And he goes, no, 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 no. I didn't agree to this. I did not agree to this. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to ask you for that tape. And she goes, you're talking to a reporter. I, that's what I, this is my job, dude. And he says, uh, no, no, you don't understand. I was showing this to you personally. And uh, she's like, okay, well, uh, first off, I'm a reporter. This is the news. I'm leaving. And she leaves and he goes, well, what about your stocking? And she goes, keep it. It's funny, I wrote down all these notes and I'm just speaking in verbatim, like without even looking at them, which is kind of funny. So anyway, uh, she, the next day, is playing the tape for her boss, who's the chief editor at Particle Magazine, and his name is Stathis. And uh, anyway, he's he says, you're being conned. She goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, it's an old nightclub routine. It's It's called the two cabinets. Like everyone knows this. Right. And then all of a sudden he gets a call, him being Stathis, and he goes, What? Oh, okay. We'll send him in. And then she said, uh, He says, uh, Stathis says to Veronica, um, You know, I think your magician followed you here. So uh, then, then uh, Stathis walks in, or sorry, uh, I apologize. 
Seth walks in and um, fuck, I left out so much shit. Well, anyway, Seth walks in and uh, says, you know, a uh, uh, Stathis has to leave. Seth walks in and says, hey, listen to me real quick. I know you have some, but you don't have enough. Now, what I would like you to do is uh, come with me. And I, I want to I propose something to you. And she goes, what? And he goes, cheeseburger. So then they're in a fast food place, right? And... Um, you know, they're eating their cheeseburger and a fry, and she goes, okay, so so what's your proposal? And he goes, all right, I'm not talking about a magazine article, and I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, just a flash in the pan. I'm talking about the most important invention that's going to end transportation, that's going to bend time and space, that's going to end borders and this and that. And it's going to be you. This is going to be your main project. I'm going to be your main subject. I don't have a personal life anyway, so you could be there all the time. You could film me, whatever I do, and the book will start with you, with this meal, and it will end with me transporting myself from time and space 15 feet from each other through one telepod to another. Now, they, or sorry, they, they like are an agreeance now. Veronica's very excited and Seth's great, uh, very excited too. Now, I'm not sure um, in this movie because even though Jeff Goldblum is a fantastic actor, he's, uh, yeah, he's got to be in the top 100, easy. And and that's not me saying that. I'm saying like public opinion, he's probably top 100. I put him top 20, maybe even top 12. Not top five though. You know, we have Michael Bean think about not Sean Bean Michael Bean um who's quietly probably my favorite actor because every movie he's in he's good there's not one Michael Bean movie I've ever seen and went that movie's okay they're always great I mean even the special edition of Terminator 2 is better because Michael Bean's in it plus it makes more you know sense to the plot so um she agrees Veronica comes home and She's, uh, you know, walking around and she hears the shower running. Well, it turns out that her boss um, and her used to be an item. So she's like, goes in the bathroom. He's taking a shower and she's fucking furious. You know, and he's like, oh, it's been a long day. You know, I thought I'd like freshen up. I was in the neighborhood. And then she's like, you're such a worm. And she, or no, schmuck, I think is what she calls him. She flushes the toilet. Now, for those who don't know, um... My house is like this. It depends how your plumbing is. You're taking a hot shower and you flush the toilet. Well, guess what? All the cold water is going to go down and you're going to get all the hot. So it burns the shit out of him, which is pretty funny. And, uh, you know, he's probing her about Seth, you know, and he did some research and he doesn't think he's a parlor trick musician any, or magician anymore. Um, and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, he almost he, he almost won the Nobel Peace Prize for this project they, they were working on. They don't actually explain it. They just give out like three letters and four numbers like the TH6 project. And uh, and he knows that he being uh, Stathis knows that something's going on uh, with with Seth and, and he's actually onto something huge. Right. And he wants to put his teeth in it. And then uh, Veronica deflects. She goes, no, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass on Seth. I'm actually going for this other thing, right? 
and uh, he knows she's up no bullshit, and she asks for the key, and he says, I'll keep it for old time's sake. Now, the only reason why I bring this up is because nowadays, this is so like Me Too. Is Me Too still a thing? Because I know BLM like super overshadowed Me Too, which is very, very disturbing as a species level, but um, either way. Moving on. So uh, don't cancel me, bro. Uh, Veronica is filming Seth now whilst he's trying to get a baboon um, to go to telepod. Now, keep in mind, Seth does let her know that only inanimate objects, nothing living can go. Nothing living can go. So it's kind of like the opposite of Terminator. Because remember in Terminator, only organic tissue can go it, and no weapons can. This is like the opposite of that. Also, it doesn't go through time. Or, I mean, theoretically, actually, it could. Because, you know, they say, okay, this is a real thing. They say that physics-wise, you can go into the future, but you can't go into the past. <clears throat> in fact, all space travel is time travel. Um, if you're in 10 years in space and you come back here to uh, the planet Earth, it's like it's beyond 10 years. <clears throat> Just due to, I don't know, science, physics, shit, shit beyond my, my pay grade. But um, theoretically, if you were to set up that telepod and program it to set it to deliver an object 20 years in the future from that thing, it would actually theoretically work if this movie was scientifically continuity. You can't go in the past due to physics, but you can go in the future. At least this is what we think. I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about actual science, too. Sorry for nerding out on you guys. We're only in Act 1. I'm already 35 minutes in. Shit, I should probably get back to the movie, right? Oh, fuck. Where the hell was I? Oh, yeah. So uh, Seth is going to try to move the baboon from one telepod to another. And it doesn't work out. It works out like in the first episode or first movie of Star Trek, which isn't good, by the way. Um, the baboon is is put inside out, and yeah, uh, when the door opens, we see a bloody like a handprint hit it, and they open it up, and you just see this thing that's inside out, and it's not having a good day. And um, then you see a light and camera turn on and, and Seth's leaning against his pod and she goes like, talk. And he goes, what do you want me to talk? I don't, I don't want to be filmed right now. And she goes like, you know, get in the habit of this. This is like part of the process. And he goes, she goes, what are you thinking? And he goes, fuck is what I'm thinking. She goes, what, what, what went wrong? And he goes, I don't know. It, it like, it knows how to do with an analogies, but it doesn't know how to do with the flesh. Can we stop? So, um, Seth says, I don't know enough about the flesh myself. I'm going to have to reprogram the computer. Now, I don't know. It, I think what this is is like a metaphor for he's a virgin. He's never had a human relationship with another human. And, um, you know, that because you get that feeling. I mean, obviously he's antisocial, even though it's weird because at the party he approaches her unless she approaches him. Either way, he's Mr. Chatty Cathy and convinces her to go hang out with him. Reminds me of somebody I know. Um, and then uh, uh, he goes, I, I don't know. I just I got to research what's going on. Right. 
And then um, Veronica makes the moves on him with the promise of steaks, you know, and uh, she's like, you know, I brought over some steaks. And um, she starts making out with him. She goes, you know, you're really cute. Now, the chemistry between Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum is perfect right here. You got to remember that they were like, I think married. If not, they were going to be or what? Because they were very, very close. And when you watch this movie, it's like it is very, very, very genuine, especially the sex scenes, too, because you don't notice. And I'm not talking in the 80s. There were sex scenes in almost every movie in early 90s. Um and yeah, they could be gratuitous. My Nana always used to yell, close your eyes, Zachary. You don't want to see that. Well, it's as long as it's as long as it doesn't take me out of the movie. You know, like I, I like seeing like a girl running with boobs while a guy with a knife chases her. And that's all great. I don't want to see a almost full on porno like wild things or whatever, though. Uh, I want to I don't want it. To, I don't want you to distract me from the plot. Right. That's why like. I digress. So um, they they make of the love and they do it uh, Chinese style. Don't cancel me, bro. Um, it's also known as sideway meet mommy. It's a very great sexual position where you both kind of lay on your side. And uh, it's all about uh, instead of friction, uh, gravity, I guess. It got a little weird, didn't it? So um, after they're doing that, Gina Davis... Um, no, no, sorry. Um, uh, Seth rolls back, and he goes, "Ow, ow, 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 ow! Shit, 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 shit!" And uh, uh, Veronica's like, well, "What happened? What happened?" And then he rolls back over, and you notice there's like a—it's not a microchip, but it's like a, a chip. It's probably about like an inch by an inch. It looks like a Trisket. Speaking of trick, uh, chip, but it's like a computer chip. You know, and it gets in his back, and it, it makes like three elongated scratches. And then she pulls it out, and he goes. Huh, I was looking for that, which is hilarious. And then uh, um, she gives it a kiss better. And she goes, oh, I could eat you up. It's kind of like how, um, you know, grandmothers love uh, babies, you know, and they want to pinch their cheeks. The flesh makes you crazy. And he goes, what? She goes, the flesh makes you crazy. And he goes, do you want to do an experiment? And then we cut to Seth is cutting one of the steaks that she brought over in half, right? They're good-looking steaks, too. Ooh, I can go for a fucking steak right now. Eli just stole all my food, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to... I don't know. It might be a top ramen day for me. Um, so uh, he cuts it in half, and he puts one in the telepod, and then or one half, and then he puts the other like to the side, and then he cooks them both. And then he says, here, try this. Um, you know, after he cooks it and she goes, so is it good? And Veronica says, well, I mean, you can use a little finesse, but I mean, it, you know, it tastes like a steak. And he goes, okay, now try this one. She goes, no, 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 no. And, uh, he's like, you know, just shush, eat. Right. And, uh, she tastes it and she, she goes, mm, 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 mm. And she puts the meat and it's just a tiny, tiny bite. And she goes, it tastes synthetic. And he goes, aha, we need to teach it about the flesh. And she goes, what do you mean? And he goes, that it doesn't know about the flesh, like those grandmas pinching babies. And he runs off to the computer, and she watches him and, like, you know, eats the rest of the steak. And it's, 
I don't know, dude. This movie is so good. Like how natural it it doesn't seem like this is scripted. Like it, I would not be surprised if at least twenty percent of the dialogue and and the back and forth were just improv, because their chemistry is so good together. So um, anyway, she gets up the next day and she leaves, and her boss uh, is shadowing her, right? And she goes to a department store, and uh, oh yeah, because there's a scene. I, I I jumped over this. I apologize. There's a scene where he's laying there and she's looking at him. Now, he's only worn the same outfit the whole movie, even though we've only seen him for, I think, three movie days and two movie nights or maybe one movie day. One, movie. I think it's three because she goes, uh, do you ever change your clothes? And he goes, yeah, these are clean. I, I put them on today. And then she goes over to his wardrobe and she noticed the, his wardrobe and she goes you have five matching outfits and he goes yeah that way I don't have to expel any mental energy I borrowed actually it from Einstein I just reach for the next pair and throw the next in the laundry so she goes to a, a, like a store to buy him something different you know and she's checking out like a leather jacket and fun fact about that leather jacket she picks up I have one that looks exactly like that um, I have a jacket that looks exactly pockets and everything same style the only difference is that um, mine is like more black and less poofy and looks more like something Squall would wear from Final Fantasy VIII. But her boss followed her in there and he's like, you know, oh, this would look great on him, da da da, you know, and he's all like jealous and fucking manic and shit. And she's like, well, you know, this is none of your business, blah, 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 this and that. And uh, he says, I knew you weren't going to pass on him. That that wasn't like you. You are keeping me out on purpose. And she says, well, he's on to something. I, I'm on to something really big here, okay? And he says, what, his cock? And I legitimately laughed out loud because I forgot about that line. That is like one of the funniest fucking lines ever. Um so then, um, then we cut back to uh, after Seth has programmed the quote unquote the flesh, right? Uh, we cut back to his laboratory and we see the baboon, a second baboon, go in and she's filming and it comes out and it's fine. That opens up and it's at the suspense where you just see the, the fog machine and you don't even see the baboon and then it just runs and jumps on him and he grabs it and he goes, I think it's time for champagne. So they're celebrating, you know, and uh, they're, they're drinking champagne and and they're talking. And all of a sudden, uh, she gets up for a second. And he goes, "Oh no, no, sorry." She says, uh, um, "You know what? We should celebrate. We should go on a holiday. You know, like an old married couple." And he goes, "Is that what we are? Is this a? Are we having a romance?" So that's how you can kind of tell. Like he doesn't know about the flesh. It's kind of like a. A, a death of innocence, if you will, like he is a virgin. And she goes, yeah, we should go somewhere warm, like like Florida or something. And he goes, you know, what? I have an idea right now. Do you like Chinese food? It's funny how almost all the movies I like, whenever the food is mentioned, it's always Chinese food. What do we talk about? Wayne's World, this, Lost Boys. Why is Chinese food such a big element? And anyway, I, I digress. So uh, he's about to call to get some spicy eggplant. And uh, she gets up and she notices there's like an envelope, a manila envelope, if you will, on top of his piano. And it says, um, you know, Particle Magazine. She opens it up 
and it's the cover or it's the idea of a cover of uh, and it shows Seth on there and it shows these two telephone booths that look vaguely and very oddly like the telephone booths from Bill and Ted but I digress and it says uh, teleportation possibility question mark and she goes oh no and then she's about to leave she goes Seth I need to take care of something and he goes, what, 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 but the, the, the egg, spice, spice, spicy eggplant in his most Jeff Goblin way. And she goes, no, look, I have a, I have an old life and I need to scrape it off my shoe. So anyway, she leaves and he's like, but, but, and, and, and it's the most Jeff Goldblum thing ever. Cause she leaves and he goes, but she, she is gone. And, and I have the phone and baboon and what do I do? And, and, and I'm not saying he says that, but it. With his, you can't see my hands, but that's what I was doing. I was doing with my hands, or sorry, I was doing with my mouth what he's doing with his hands. God, that sounds sexual. Hey, wouldn't you like to be alone in a room with me without windows with Jeff Goldblum's hands in my mouth? I'm only talking to the ladies in this situation. Actually, you know what? No, fuck it. If Karaoke Joe is listening, there you go. Jeff, I hope you played that that clip to him. Um, so anyway, um, God, where the hell am I? I, I skipped so many notes because I'm just talking off memory right now. I just saw this movie a, a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. So then Veronica goes to confront Stathis about this. Like, what the fuck, man? Like, anyway, so... She goes to him and she goes, what the hell is this? And uh, he says, well, your story is my story. I sent you to the Bartok party, so, uh, and I'm your editor. And she goes, no, you don't understand. I'm in the middle of this. I'm there every single day. You just can't just, like, put your claws in there. And he goes, fine. Why don't you keep me informed, will you, as a professional, as a confidant? And she goes, as a professional, and he goes, yes. And then she goes, fine. And then he says, what about sex, though? Can, can we still have sex? You know, stress-relieving sex. And uh, she goes, you're a smuck, and she leaves. And he's like, I don't mean love or anything. I'm just talking sex. Now, this guy is the skeeziest piece of shit. Like, he is so rapey and skeezy. But the great thing about this movie, because it's a good fucking movie, all the characters have development and turn. So... Even though you hate him now, you might like him later on in the movie. So even though if you watch this movie, it's going to be as long as his goddamn podcast, so you might as well just fucking listen to it in your car and just pretend you're watching it. And then watch it later and see if my version is better. Probably not, but you know what? I think I'm probably the best review on this movie, seeing I've seen it more than almost everyone else on the internet. Uh, Sorry, I, I didn't mean to gloat. So while she's gone doing all this stuff, now remember, this is in the middle of the night after the whole steak thing and everything else. So so it is late. This is only, I think, night three in this movie. And day number two hasn't even, or day number three hasn't even happened yet. We see Seth, and this is hilarious. This scene is fucking brilliant. The baboon is on a chair, and he's just sitting there all calm and content. While Seth is pacing and drinking out of the bottle, uh, the, the champagne... Again, does this remind you of somebody for people who really know me? And he's ranting and raving. And he's like, oh, of course. Of course it's her boss. She's she fucking her boss. And, just, and then he goes, what do you think? 
at the baboon. The baboon's like, mm-hmm. And then he keeps going back and forth, and he goes, you know what? Fuck it. You seem fine. I'm going to go through. So after venting at the baboon, Wilt's getting hammered and polishing off the bottle of bubbles. He decides to go through. and uh, But you see this common housefly kind of just flying around, and you see the baboon kind of looking at it. So Seth goes, fuck it. He gets in the pod, and we see the fly land on like one of the side windows. Seth is not aware of it. And then sequence commences, and the baboon walks over to the pod, and the baboon looks at him and cocks his head, and then he, Seth puts his hand to the window, and <laughs> Seth is now in the other pod. Pod door opens, and now the baboon jumps on him, and he goes, what do you think? Are you different? Seth's now asleep in his, uh, his uh, fold-out, couch bed and Veronica returns and um, you know he's like I missed you last night and she goes it is still the night and he goes oh I went through and she goes what you were supposed to wait for me and he goes no no don't worry about it I uh, I taped it she goes oh Seth I wish I could have been there you know um, why didn't you wait for the test you know all that other good stuff because they were going to do tests on the baboon to make sure it was like you know all good and everything else um, so, uh, anyway, they do it again, right? And then she notices, remember that microchip I mentioned earlier that cuts us back? Well, now there's some like weird hairs growing out of it, you know? And she's like, what the fuck is this? You know? And, uh, but, um, anyway, Seth, and now after they do it and everything else, they're, uh, they're you know, laying there in bed, poiscoitus, and you hear a fly, and Seth just goes, and he wakes up, like, mid-sleep, and just catches a fly, and then just looks at it, and opens up his hand, and it flies away, which is, um, we're just showing, I don't know if it's the relationship with him and the fly, or if it's that we're just showing off, like, how great his reactions are. So, Veronica awakes now, and she finds Seth, you know, um, doing incredible feats of strength it starts off where he's in a chair and he can he puts his arms on the chair and he lifts himself up and he puts out his legs now this is not incredible feats of strength because i'm a wuss i could do this i'm actually quite good at shit like this but that's probably because i have great balance and i don't weigh that much i'm trying to get fat my goal is 220 i weigh 159 right now which really sucks because you know, it's, yeah, just not weighing very much. Everyone who's got a weight problem, dude, it's easy to lose weight. Just, you know, be more active and drink. There you go. Actually, I don't want to encourage drinking. Drinking, you know what, that's scratch what I just said. But he's doing other uh, complete feats of strength. Like, there's a piping that's about, I don't know, nine feet in the air. And he just runs and grabs it and starts doing, like, uh, single bar stuff, meaning he starts doing overhead, uh, not overhead pull-ups, sorry, waist-high pull-ups up and down, and then he just starts doing a swing, and all of a sudden he's doing like single bar gymnastics style stuff where he's defying gravity, right? And he lands and he's like, whoa. And she's looking at him like, wow. You know? And then, um, so after this, 
Um, dude, I, all I'm saying is he looks like Kenny Omega when he's doing all the shit. If you don't know who Kenny Omega is, you need to look that shit up. But, like, yeah, he's defying gravity. Um, so, anyway, now we see Seth rock on his new leather jacket. And to return the favor, he buys her, like, a, a Veronica, like, a really nice necklace. And then they go to a, uh, a coffee shop. And Seth's very adamant. Right. He's like, you know, the greatest thing about this is I never felt better. I never felt better. I don't think I will feel better. Uh, it's like every gene from me, every particle of DNA has been ripped apart and put back together. And I think what happened is that waiter, waiter, where's my cannoli? Uh, but I think what happened is that it found every impurity and it took it out and it put it back together. Waiter, where's my cannoli? You know what? And then she's like, uh, do you want some coffee with your sugar? Because he's constantly just putting in sugar over and over again. And uh, anyway, so then um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So then we cut to another sex scene. And Veronica's getting very, very sore uh, from making love. Again, this reminds me of me. Yeah. Because um, he just won't stop. He's just like an, he's just a fucking Clydesdale when it comes to fucking. And, um, you know, and then uh, uh, she climbs off him. She goes, I don't even know how you have fluid left in you. And she goes, wait a minute, what's that on your back? And she notices uh, the, the hairs on his back. And he goes, oh, it's probably a deflection from, from lovemaking. And uh, she's like, no, 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 no. You don't want these. And then he starts saying, no, I can't wait to get old and get hairy. This is like just something natural. And she... Gets a pair of like uh, shears and cuts them off because they're so coarse and thick. And um, then she's taking a look at him. He gets up, him being Seth, and goes over and gets a, a whole pint of dryers. Like, uh, no, not a pint, like like a gallon or whatever, or not a gallon. You you know, like the 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 dryers of cookies and cream, ice cream, and he's eating it as she cuts it. And then um, let's see what happens after that. Fuck. I'm sorry. I'm on a I'm on a memory tangent, and then I'm trying to look at my notes at the same time. But it's hard for me to do it like genuine like that. So you know, hence why I'm talking to you like that. Mm. Oh, then he goes, "You gotta go. You got you gotta go in. You got you gotta transport." And she's like, "No, no, 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 no. Not until tests are done." And he's almost forcing her into the pod, right? And she's like, "Look, I I don't want to do this, right?" Now, I mentioned that. This movie reminds me of me, and I made a joke about the whole sex thing. Actually, it's not a joke, but yeah. Um, this this really kind of fucking hits home, because I don't know if you know anyone who's bipolar, but Seth has a legit manic episode that is very resemblant of me. Um, first off, his skin's getting really bad. Uh, if you ever had rosacea, it's terrible. It really sucks when you want to feel beautiful and your skin is just like, no. And that's what's happening. Like, he's getting buffer and buffer and stronger and stronger and almost smarter in a way. But his skin is just, like, deteriorating. Like, and and I don't know. I know that says a lot about me about vanity. And I'd rather be smart than beautiful. But it really does suck when you're like, I want to look this way because I feel this way. And then here, here I am. I have a giant fucking, ew, gross. I don't even, I'm not going to go on to it. But the behavior as well. He gives a manic speech about how she's inferior, 
uh, because she won't go through and how like she should be able to keep up with him sexually. But beyond that, um, you know, they should be a dynamic duo. And if she's not willing to do this, then he'll find somebody else and actually leaves. Dude. And oh, by the way, did I mention punching walls? Um, I, I swear to God, this one scene I've done in my life at least at least a dozen times. And I'm not proud of it. But that's another reason why this movie hits home. In fact, one of my exes, one of the ones who doesn't listen to the show, and thank God, hopefully she has cancer, because um, she was one, uh, said, like, you are Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. And I'm like, all right, well, you're a cunt. Thank you for doxing me. Because she did. Unfortunately for two people, she doxed my dad, and uh, I didn't live there, and that was my phone number. Fuck you, Victoria. You're a piece of garbage. Anyway, so yeah, that's why this movie really hits home with me, is this one scene alone is like, wow. It was. It's like looking in a mirror, and I think that's why it probably... I've been working on myself, like my attitude and everything else. Uh, luckily, I'm I'm about to turn forty now. But when I was a, a young man, when I was like twenty three and filled with testosterone and didn't know, you know, about my condition and wasn't taking medication for it, I wasn't violent to other people, but I was definitely violent to myself and caustic to other people. And I was very much out of control. And the shit he says in here, I, I was like, oh my god, this I remember that guy, and that guy was me. Whew, wow. Did I overshare a little bit? I mean, I think that's why you like this podcast, right? Is because I'm talking to you and we're we're talking to each other and we're having a good time. You're my friends. I love you all. And um Yeah, it's not like a review podcast. It's it I mean, even though it is, it's 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 our little party together. So anyway, yeah, that was I knew I was going to have to say that eventually during this, and um, now that's out of the way, let's fucking move on. Uh, awkward. And, yeah. Anyway, so Seth runs off. He grabs a leather jacket. He's shirtless, by the way. I don't even think he has shoes on, but we don't know. And he pulls out a caramel bar from his pocket. God knows where he got it. So, obviously, he's addicted to sugar. And uh, he goes over to a bar, and he sees this girl. And he orders a whiskey and he like just pounds it and he goes like, who's winning? You know, cause there's a, there's an arm wrestling contest going right behind him. And then the girl goes, uh, and she's got her eighties teeth hair and everything else. And she's looking, I, I look, I wasn't an adult in the eighties. So everything I know from bar culture or adult culture from the eighties is, was all like from movies. So I don't know if there were slutty girls like watching arm wrestling contests or pool contests and would sleep with whoever wins. But that's what she says. She even goes like, I hope Mikey wins tonight because I want to go home with him. And he goes, well, I'm going to go home with you. And she goes, I'm not a prostitute. And then uh, Mikey comes over. This is the, the arm wrestling champion guy. And he goes, hey, man, it, you know what's funny? He looks, I just thought of this. He looks like, you know, Tim the Toolman Taylor on Home Improvement. He looks like Al, kind of. Anyway, and he goes like, hey, man, why don't you get lost? You're bothering us. And he goes, $100 says uh, I could beat you. And he goes, what? And he, and then he goes, uh, he pull, Jeff Goldblum 
uh, sorry, uh, Seth pulls out the hundred dollars, puts it on the table, and he goes, "And if I win, I get to take the lady home tonight." And then she goes, "I'm not a whore," and he goes, "You look like one." And then he like finishes his drink, and then uh, uh, Mikey, the I don't know boyfriend character, whatever the the arm wrestling guy goes, "Hey, sweetie, it's easy, hundred bucks." So they square up. In this scene, is where we get fucking brutally brutally gory so Jeff Goldblum and him square up and Jeff Goldblum this is like where his acting really starts to shine he starts like twitching his head like like an insect like every so few seconds like and then freezes and his eyes like don't move and it's very fucking effective and and dramatic and oof once you see that, you know the other dude's in trouble. And then you see his fingers secrete like an acid, maybe. And the guy is struggling, and Jeff is just like looking at him like dead, you know, dead center. And then finally, the guy breaks his wrist right where about three inches above the wrist, and it he breaks his arm um, almost in two. You have... A couple of major bones from when your elbow connects to your wrist, right? There's two bones there. That's for kind of flexibility. Well, he breaks the first major one right where it meets uh, the the um, the thumb. A couple of things about this. First off, not only would that hurt like hell. Second off, you would probably lose uh, because of this break. You see the bone come out. You you would probably lose all feeling and. Um, usefulness in your first two fingers and uh, uh, you meet your middle and your pointer and plus your thumb because the second nerve connects on the other side of that bone. How do I know this? Because I got a fight. It fucked up my my right hand when I was dumb and young and manic like he was. So yeah, it's a really gruesome scene. The effect is awesome. Remember, I warned you not to eat during this. So if you're Especially anything red. Jesus Christ. Um, and then Jeff just grabs her, grabs the money, puts up his arms like, hey, man, I won. I'm out of here and leaves. And then she, you know, they leave and she's like, are you a bodybuilder or something? He goes, yes, I build bodies. I take them apart and I put them back together. And she goes, can we hit a few more bars? It's still early. And he goes, yes, a few more bars. <laughs> so then they go back after partying to his loft and she's like and it's the morning time she's like i'm so tired i can't even i can't even do it and he goes and she says like isn't there an elevator or something here and he goes yes and he picks her up and he goes don't you feel elevated and he carries her all the way up now we don't know how many floors this is i'm gonna assume it's like because later on we see the outside i'm gonna say it's like three or four five tops and uh then we cut to her obviously post-coitus because she's sitting there with a leather jacket smoking a cigarette and she has her clothes only covering her nipples and it looks like she has panties on but we don't know um you don't really see boobs or actually you don't see you see more of um Goldblum's sack than anything else uh in this movie so he comes out of the telepod he teleports himself again and then right when he comes out he just like jumps on the chair and and fucks her and then uh then we cut to, um, you know, oh, wait. Then we cut to this. And I think 
Thanks, Eli, for setting that up, but you should have gave me a heads up of when to do it. I think if I press this button. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Who's this? Oh, I forgot to tell you, I live with my mother, too. Mom, meet Tony. I gotta go. Thanks for a wonderful time. Jealous? You're changing, Seth. Everything about you is changing. You look bad. You smell bad. I've never been much of a bather. Those weird hairs that were growing out of your back, I took them to a lab. I had them analyzed. The hairs? The hairs? Oh. Yeah, that's a strange thing to do. Not as strange as the results. The guy at the lab had trouble identifying them. He finally came to the conclusion that they were definitely not human. Oh. <laughs> very good. Not human, Seth. In fact, very likely insect hairs. That's silly. That's ridiculous. Look. Now there's more. Uh, look at your face. Something happened when you went through, Seth. You've got to get some help. I think you must be sick. You You're jealous! I've become free. I've been released, and you can't stand it. You'll do anything to bring me down. Look at me. Does this look sick? Does this look like a sick man to you? No! Stop it! You know any sick men who can do that? Come here. No. Sir. Heels off! I don't need you anymore. Oh, wait! Seth, please! Wait! Seth! Don't come back! So, yeah, um. Yeah. Shit. Fuck, man. That scene gets to me, man. It really does. I mean, this. If you were to call this movie a horror movie, it is because. There's not a killer chasing you. It's you yourself. You can't hide, you know? And especially if, like, you care about that person and you're watching you go through them. Oh, man, this just fucking drama all the way around. Oops, sorry about that uh, music peak. Eli, you need to fix that shit in post, all right? He better. Um, now, our next scene is definitely horrifying, and this is when Seth finds out that she's right. And uh, he's looking in the mirror at his face, and it's definitely cystic and pustule. And, you know, he opens up his mouth and to look at his teeth, and then his one of his tooth just kind of, like, shells off. It doesn't fall out. It shells off, which is even grosser than if it were to fall off. And then when he pulls it off, he's looking at his fingernails and he puts out his left hand and he's looking at his fingernail and it looks like very, like an, it's very infected, like it's purple. And he puts his thumb and index on his other index finger to look at it and it pops like a zit 
and ugh, and pus hits the window or sorry the mirror and he peels off his his fingernail and then he stumbles to the bathroom or sorry the bathtub that's like right next there and says like oh no am i dying is this how it starts am i dying so seth then goes to his computer for answers you know and um he wants a a disc which i guess is like you know um a file like a memory file and he types in you know like what what was the conclusion of my first go through my first pass if you will and the computer says um there was a secondary element compound found in uh in the process and he goes what is secondary element and it says well it's composed of uh calcium phosphorus sulfur oxygen potassium nitrogen um iodine carbon iron and hydrogen and he's like what so he knows something's up because the two main elements of a homo sapien or to more be you know exact a human being is carbon and hydrogen not calcium and phosphorus right you all know that because i know everyone who listens to the show is is mad genius like i am so yeah um it's almost the opposite if you actually listen to the carbon and hydrogen are the last in an insect not the first so then it gets really if you look closely on the bottom it says the weight of secondary object is 0.0003 kilograms and the body fat is zero or non-applicable na so he's like oh shit so he does like a 3d scan and then we see these two dna's kind of merge and then he zooms in on one and zooms out and it and he sees like there's a house fly in uh in the chamber you know with uh, the pod rather and he said if secondary element is fly what happens to fly is it absorption meaning or consumption rather meaning did he eat it you know or did he just absorb it and it says no fusion and he's like oh no so this is my one reason why I don't put this higher on my list because that wouldn't happen. But anyway, here we are. I I don't know. Maybe it would. It just to me it doesn't make sense because you have this much of DNA and that much of DNA, and I don't think if it mixed together, it would be such a small amount that it would kind of be more like a Spider-Man situation and not like a uh, like I don't even think you know it. You are what you eat, right? If you eat tofu every day, you don't become tofu. If you eat beef every day, you don't become beef. Now, you, it is a difference if you eat one or the other. If you eat McDonald's every day, you, you're going to look like shit and you're going to feel like shit. If you eat like a ketogenic diet with like healthy greens, a lot of vitamins, guess what? You're going to look a lot better at 60 than, than people did back in the day when all they did was drink and eat TV dinners. Yes. But you're not going to turn into a TV dinner. Anyway. Fusion. So now we have a time lapse of four weeks. And Veronica gets a call from Seth, and he's just heavy breathing, but she knows it's him. And um, 
he now thinks that he has some sort of cancer and wants to see her. And so uh, she goes over to see him, and he's walking with two canes, and he could barely, like, he doesn't even... Like, he doesn't want to be seen, but he wants to see her, and he wants to talk to her, and uh, he's using two canes just to move around, um, and um, he's not in a good way, obviously. She wants to hold him, and he knows he's dying, and, and he explains to her that the molecular, uh, the DNA structure of his body is breaking down because the two didn't mix, and um, he thinks it's going to just dissolve him. She offers... To, or says like we could call somebody there's got to be somebody out there to do tests and everything else and he goes i don't want to be a lab experiment i'd rather just die and and just not have you know I, I i just don't want this like it's a bad idea and you know he's right because you know the military would probably get a hold of this and start doing fucking weird experiments et cetera, et cetera. so um yeah it's bad he, he even says um I'm the offspring of Brundle and Housefly. Um, I, I'm no longer Brundle, which is, wow. That's There's a lot of like philosophy in this movie. So anyway, Veronica seeks advice from uh, Stathis. And um, by the way, she's pregnant, right? Now they arrange an abortion, but not before she sees Seth one last time. Now, Seth is feeling great now when she comes back in and he's climbing on the walls and he's like, hey, this disease has a purpose, you know? She goes, to what purpose? And he goes, I think it's turning me into a fly. Wouldn't it be funny if if it turned me into a 185-pound house fly? Right? And then uh, she's like, I don't, I, I don't, you know, no. And he goes, here, here, take your camera. I, I would really like to, you know, demonstrate something for you. This is called Vomit Drop. And then he's sitting in front of the camera and he goes, uh, Brundlefly cannot, uh, uh, this is how Brundlefly eats. Well, even though Brundlefly has teeth, they don't work because it upsets his tummy. So we do something called Vomit Drop and this is what it is. And he goes, over a whole box of donuts. And then you hear him sucking it up. Now we don't see this but we see the video being filmed and then we see uh Stathis watching it and he's like, Oh my god. You know, this is where Stathis actually becomes cool. Um I don't mean cool, I mean he becomes like not a fucking sexual harassing asshole. You know what's funny too is this is really timely. Um when I saw this as a kid, like I never thought there was anything wrong with it. And then, you know, I know with politics and everything else, like a lot of shit got like inflated about like cancel this, cancel this guy. He was an asshole, dude. You don't go to your ex-girlfriend's house, take a shower in there and like every conversation ends of let's fuck. That's just, that's just uncouth. That's just, that's just not cool. I'm not saying it's not politically correct because I don't believe in political correctness, but I will say that guy's a fucking asshole douchebag and any XY chromosome dude should never ever ever do that. If you want to get with a chick, dude, don't be oversensitive and don't be an asshole. Just be yourself. And if she says no, just fucking move on, man. Like, don't pine over a girl ever. It's a waste of fucking time. And never force yourself on anybody. And this goes for girls too. 
I was once raped on train tracks. That actually happened. When I was passed out on alcohol. It didn't feel good either. Guess why? I was laying on train tracks. I'm not mad at her, though. Forgive and forget. So luckily a train didn't come. Can't believe I admitted that on fucking podcast. God, going deep now. So Seth's falling apart. His ears fell off and, you know, he's he walks over to his medicine cabinet, which is now like all of his parts that fell off his ear other things you just see a bunch of piece of meat if you actually look closely you could see his dick is actually in his medicine cabinet and he goes roll relics relics you know it's it's yeah it's it's fucking this is what makes this movie so 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 powerful it's just seeing a person fall apart is is ridiculous um so then veronica has a dream that she uh she's in a chair and she's going to get like that abortion and a three foot maggot comes out of her as the doctor's operating on her and then she wakes up and she's like i need it now i need it now let's go let's go let's do it at the same time seth is on his uh, uh computer trying to figure out you know what to do and the computer goes if you have pure human DNA, viable DNA, because he goes, how do I reduce fly from Brundle? Um, because now he realizes he is Brundle fly, you know. So he, yeah, uh, and and it and it tells him that if you have a human viable, um, like a, like a human to to merge with, you'll get their DNA, and they'll get some of your fly DNA. And and his idea is okay, maybe if I get another person. I could try this out, right? Now, um, yeah, Wilt's doing this. Seth's teeth fall out because it doesn't recognize his voice, the computer. Remember when I said he went, um, it doesn't recognize his voice anymore. So now he has to input everything. And as he does this, like teeth fall out of his mouth. And um, yeah, that's that's where the penis shot happens. Um, so Veronica then steps by to tell him about the pregnancy or that's her intention and, uh, about her decision because just a scene ago, we see her telling Stathis that it, it's gotta go. Like it's, I'm pregnant with Seth and I, I don't know what to do. And so she's going to talk to him. But then when she sees him, he's, um, he's batshit crazy. Um, he's very in a, a very weird state now he doesn't really look you can't really recognize his face and he starts talking about insect politics and all this other weird stuff and um you know he he, he just starts battling he's just r- babbling about a bunch of stuff and uh then she goes seth i don't know what you're saying and uh he goes oh and this is the best quote I'm an insect who dreamt I was a man and loved it. But now that dream is over. And she goes, Seth, I don't know what you're saying. And he says, I'm saying if you stay, I'll hurt you. 
So then Seth breaks down, Seth breaks down she leaves, and uh, she leaves you the car where Seth is, is like driving her. And then Seth notices this, and he's like, fuck. Now, here's where a deleted scene is. There's a deleted scene right here where Seth actually gets a cat in the baboon, and he tries to merge them together to see if his theory works. But it comes out as like an evil dead monster where it's like a baboon, but it's got like cat cat head coming out the side and like weird legs and it attacks him and he kills it with a crowbar. And then in shock, he runs on the top of the roof and um, then he falls because something's happening. And it's because like you see these like insect legs, you know, because insects have six legs or six, you know, appendages start coming out of his ribs, and um, Seth, horrified, like, grabs it and rips it and bites it off, and uh, that scene was removed. Uh, it was one of the reasons why this had a, you can't even air this at an R. It's his X rating, and um, so they removed it. Also, because people don't like seeing cats killed. I am amongst that. I don't like seeing cat skilled movies. I don't like seeing cat skilled at all. I'd rather see um, 4,000 humans die in a movie than one cat or dog. It's just, you know. Unless it's like a serial killer like Jason or or, or uh, uh, like, you know, Michael Myers or whatever, kill a dog. It's like, well, that's to be expected. And it's going to be cheesy anyway. I'd rather see like 50 children killed per cat. In, in a movie. If you have children, I'm sorry. If you have cats, right on. Especially if they're black. Black cats matter. I was going to have that shirt made, and I told that I might get punched. And I didn't want to be participate of the knockout game, so I didn't do that. But I think when, um, you know, people start agreeing with each other more and, and we're not so divisive, I probably will make a cat, a black, uh, black cats matter shirt. That'd be awesome, right? Everyone likes black cats. At least I hope you do. If you don't like black cats, you shouldn't listen to this episode. Not even this episode of the show. You should just like go and find the highest cliff. No, lowest cliff and jump off it. And if you don't die, climb back up it and do it again and again and again. Because if you go on a high cliff, you're easily going to die. I want you to suffer because you don't like black cats. So I want you to fall multiple times, have multiple concussions and multiple lacerations. And I want you to fall and fall and fall until purgatory takes you. And finally, when you're there bleeding out, I hope a black cat comes and sits there and goes, meow. And you go, I'm sorry. And then you fade off into the oblivion and the abyss. And you go where someplace that I won't go because I like black cats. Wow, that was dark. The fuck? Eli, you got to stop me when I go on those tangents, man. So anyway, uh, now Veronica is going to get the baby removed. She goes, I need it done now. I need it done now. I need it done now after seeing him, you know. Uh, but uh, Brundle, or Seth, rather, sees her leave with him. And she actually, he, sorry, she, he follows her. And uh, while, right before the procedure is going to get done, he busts through, like, this glass window. And he takes her and he kidnaps her. And then he takes her. See, you know what I love this movie is I still have pages of notes. I, I don't even need to read them now because I know this movie so well. So uh, he takes her to a roof and he goes, what are you going to kill the baby? And she goes, Seth, I don't know. I can't. I can't. Seth. It's, it's, yeah. 
And he goes, that baby is the last part of me. Why do you want to kill me? So it, you know, doesn't really work out well. Um, then he goes, too bad. So when he says that, we know that Seth has now found his his human to bond with, right? His idea at this point is, I'm going to merge Veronica, Seth, Fly, and Baby into one organism. That's three humans for one fly, and they're going to be some perfect or- organism, Right? Seth doesn't even care about his gender or anything else like that. He's not like a a blue-haired 19-year-old going to UC Berkeley. All he cares about is being human. He's fighting the fly-like brain, you know. The fly brain is barbaric. Remember, he even says, like, at a certain point, like, we cannot trust the insect. We cannot do this and this and that. I should be in charge of fly uh, uh, insect politics. So that's his idea. But anyway, um, Staff is, is not down for this. He shows up with a gun case to the laboratory and he opens it up and there's a fucking elephant gun in there an elephant gun if you don't know what this looks like it's a it looks like a double barreled shotgun but instead of being uh horizontal it's vertical and it has a very long range and it's it's a big gun i mean the idea was to put down an elephant if you shoot an elephant ever you need to go jump off that same cliff i was telling you about black cats but do it twice because fuck you, elephants are probably smarter than about 90% of the listeners. Not you, though. Not you. We're on even kill. We're, we're geniuses. The, you listening right now, you're smart. I'm talking about those other dumbasses, okay? All right? So don't, don't, yeah, keep listening. Elephants are fucking terrifically smart. They're awesome. Um, so he's, he's setting up this gun, right? And then, uh, you know, he's looking around. And then from behind, um, Seth rolls a dead 20 because we have a sneak attack and uh Seth jumps behind him and and attacks him and then Seth is like is like getting tackled and then Seth goes and he does vomit drop um all over Seth's hand and and his left hand like just disintegrates and fuses together and then he's like all in shock and in pain and shit and then Seth goes for his uh, ankle, his right ankle, and he does the same to his right ankle, severing his foot. Now, here goes another deleted scene that you don't see. But in this deleted scene, Seth then throws up in the shoe, and you see that little, uh, what they call a feeding pad, that thing that comes out of the fly's mouth that goes... And it sucks up all the, the juices that the vomit caused. Um yeah, you see that, and he actually eats his shoe. And, oh, another fun fact, uh, the actor, um, shit, I forgot his name. Sorry, John Getz actually kept that shoe in his refrigerator for a long time as because uh, he didn't want it to, like, go bad, and um, he, he thought, like, it would be a cool, like, souvenir. And so he kept it in his fridge for a, for a very long time. God knows he might have it there now. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that scene was deleted, but... Um, you could look it up on, you could actually go, just go on YouTube and type in fly deleted scenes. And there's a good half hour of, of deleted scenes. 
so then um, he's going over. Uh, he being Seth is is climbing up, uh, on top of him because uh, uh, Seth is is, is um, he's he's fucked. You know, he lost his left hand and his uh, right right ankle. He ain't moving, and he's about to vomit drop on his face, and he's in shock anyway. And then Veronica convinces him to stop, and then she goes stop, stop, and she's still on the roof. So Seth climbs up there. And he grabs her and jumps down. And he goes, help me be hum- human. And she goes, I don't know. And he goes, you, me, and the baby will you go in that pot. I go in this and we'll emerge as one being. We'll be, we'll be one happy family in one organism. More human than I am now. And she's like, oh, shit. As anyone would be, right? So she rejects this, and she's fighting him back. And uh, yeah, as she's fighting him back. She like puts up her hands in defensive and hits his mandible, and the mandible totally goes off. And uh, yeah, then as that happens, you see the feeding pad come out, and Seth's face just splits in two, and the whole body just comes off, and. Now he's the human fly perfect form instead of the pupa form that we saw earlier or the cancer form. Um, yeah. So now we, we see Seth and he obviously has the ability to think. By the way, this effect is fucking gorgeous. Like, go look at how creepy this shit is. The only monster that looks better in this is, say, Predator. Maybe Alien takes a close third. This fucking effect looks so good um so then um as uh he throws her in the pod and initiates the sequence and it's got a minute and 40 countdown so he starts making his way over to his pod when he gets there well it turns out well uh uh fucking Stathis is is still alive but barely he pulls out the gun and after brundle gets in his pod he, uh, being Stathis, shoots the cables that align it to the um, uh, the computer. So her pod is enabled. Now it's just whatever, basically, whatever uh, Seth, his pod is going to, is just going to go to pod number C, right? And he's like, oh, shit. Well, I need to break out of this to go, like, fix the situation. So he starts breaking the glass and as he steps out, like the countdown goes to zero, and part of the door and entryway of the uh, the pod teleports with him, and then you see it 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 fuses the metals and components of the pod with with Seth, and then we see the door open, and now Seth can't even walk. You see, there's metal parts like piece of the door because I guess it doesn't you know it's not organic and doesn't blend well we don't get like a cool metal super shredder fucking fly no we got this pathetic without legs it's got cables sticking out of it and it's just walking to Gina Davis is oh sorry Veronica and Veronica picks up the gun and Seth grabs it with you know, his like pincer and puts it to his head and she's like, no, no, no. And, and then he like nods and then she goes back and she pulls the trigger. 
that's the end of our movie. That was The Fly from 1986. Do I recommend you watch it? Fuck yes, I recommend you watch this. Um, is it a grim note to leave you on? Yeah, it is. Is it a great way to end the movie? Yes, it is. There's two other alternate endings, and I saw them both. And um, one Jeff Goldblum refused to have, and it's where he wakes up with... Or, sorry, sorry. Um, she wakes up with Stathis, and he's got, like, a prosthetic, like, hand, and... And she's and he she's like he he says like is everything all right and and she says yeah now this apparently was going to be before the um, the the uh, uh, after the abortion scene so like the the rest of the movie didn't happen I guess I don't know which doesn't make any sense for me and the uh, the th- the third ending or second alternate ending rather but third ending was that. She's alone in bed and she's pregnant and then she has a dream about like a baby inside her with like butterfly wings and it flies away to like light and I'm glad they didn't use that too. This is a very tragic ending to a very tragic movie, a very beautiful movie, a very great movie. The human chemistry in this is perfect. The effects hold up. You don't even realize that I love the prank. I love this fucking movie. Go see The Fly. 98% on the Evergreen Tomato Meter. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 93. Um, it made $35 million in the box office. Um, I want to just sit here and talk about it more, but I, I have no more facts. So uh, with that, I guess I'll just tell you, you know, um, be kind and rewind. Uh, I have some videotapes on your return. <laughs>